Hi, and welcome to Volcano Bake Me. What you're about to listen to is actually one of our earlier episodes when our audio equipment wasn't quite as good as it is now, and we hadn't quite gotten into the rhythm of how the show worked. So it's uh, a little patchy. There's still plenty of good stuff in there, but if you're curious what our show's really like, we'd suggest that you actually go to our most recent episode and give that a listen. Much more polished, much more professional. And if you like what you see there, then maybe you can come back and see what we have to say in our earlier stuff when you're more readily able to forgive us. Thanks. Hello, and welcome to Volcano Bake Meat. I'm Grant. I'm Connor. I'm Jessica. I'm Paige. And I'm Jeff. Today, we're going to talk about simulators. Games where you pretend to be somebody else doing other stuff that a real person probably also does as their day job. Fascinating. Yeah. Say, I'm fascinated that this game genre is so prolific. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's Wait, part of what we're going to talk about today. Grant, is your day job being a goat? My specifically. <laughs> no, but some goat out there's day job is being a goat. That's true. And, and I'll bet yeah, you there's some know... goat out there whose day job is being a teacher. Yep. And that goat, who's also a teacher, can shoot lasers from its eyes and fly around. Wonder boy. <laughs> I don't. I don't think you get to be that as a teacher until you have tenure. There you go. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I've heard that actually. Yeah. So uh, we're going to talk about simulators. What is a simulator? Why do we play simulators? What makes simulators fun? And why does everyone seem to think simulators are so casual? Also, what makes a good simulator? We're going to get to talk about a lot of stuff, mostly with simulators. Oh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So All right. first, I want to go around and see, because simulators come in all shapes and sizes. Like and people. Like people. <laughs> exactly. So I want to know what everyone... A simulator everyone wishes existed, but doesn't. I want to start with you, Connor. Good choice. <laughs> well, a simulator that I wish existed, and I'm pretty sure I... Actually, I'm not sure I'd be the only one who plays this. I think there's actually there's actually a pretty good market for this. I want to play a power-washing simulator game. Oh. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. And think about it with VR. Oh. You could power-wash anything. Wait, wait, isn't that basically Super Mario Sunshine? No. <laughs> Maybe. No, shut up. <laughs> no, damn it, it's not. It's no, no. I've got a home repair flash game for you. <laughs> but no, I I did power washing one summer, as you guys know, as a part time job, and it is the most oddly satisfying thing I've ever experienced. So I'd love to be able to just like slap on a Vive or an Oculus Rift to just walk around in public with my little <laughs> wands and just you know, boop boop upload dirt and grime you know I could set the I could set the setting like how many years or like what conditions conditions and the moisture levels and just like walk in downtown Seattle and just like look at a wall and like set it to grime and then just start that mold this mold is gone it feels so great I could clean everything yeah like augmented really. reality type thing yeah and like time time you could do it or just like m perfection and then you could have like challenge modes where you had to draw shapes <laughs> I could get behind that. Yeah, actually. Exactly. exactly, right? Yeah. yeah. I think it's a good idea. Yeah. See, even if it's not a VR experience, it's just like on a, you know, keyboard mouse sort of deal. Oh, yeah. I yeah. just... Yeah. <laughs> so it'd be, clean. It'd be good. Yeah. It'd be good. Jessica, how about you? Um, so I've got two. One, I think, actually, people probably would play, and that's garage sale simulator where you have to like huh. your goal is you are a tchotchke collector <laughs> so like you you're not there for like the really nice expensive shit like you're not an actual collector you just want something cute to put on your wall but it has to be the right kind of cute and you're not gonna pay more than a buck for it so as a buyer not a seller 
Yes. Okay. You know what? Yeah. You could, this and could you, get... Yeah. And, I, and there may even be a reverse end of that where you sell as well, right? You have to sell the tchotchkes that you don't like anymore <laughs> so that you can buy more tchotchkes. And you would have to sell them at your own garage sale, which other tchotchke collectors could come to. Mm-hmm. Multiplayer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. MMO. Actually, exactly. I like that. It, you, you could work in a really nice replayability factor with randomizing. Yeah. No, for sure. <laughs> and pretty soon somebody writes their economy term paper on it. Exactly. Um, the other one, and this is just because of my sick, sick fascination with this product. I want a Dr. Pepper simulator. <laughs> and I mean this in terms of, like, you go to the plant and you create the Dr. Pepper. And then you go and follow the can to various You locations. play as the can and travel to the truck and go to the grocery oh, store. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No. And I'm not entirely sure what would be simulated. <laughs> the goal is to find a customer who is not yet a pepper, but needs to be a pepper. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure this one is more me specific than the others. I um I want an old timey radio drama simulator. Um, oh. I want you to have to pick out plot lines that are interesting and can be serialized over too long a period of time. So uh, writing the old timey radio. Well, drama. I want you to be the manager, so you have to sort through scripts. You have to find actors who are cheap but sound good. Okay. Um, you have to appease your audiences. You have to appease your audiences. You have to make deals with get other stuff shows. that makes sounds like other stuff. Yeah, no, you have to find a sound effects guy. Um, but most importantly, you have to fit as many old timey cigarette jingles in there as you possibly can, because <laughs> those were an essential part of old time radio. They were an essential part of old time radio. Yeah, you got to make money somehow. Yeah, it's really true. Winston's yeah. tastes good like a cigarette should. Cigarette should Jeff? taste good. I, I'm actually interested. And there are some people who are going to say this has been done before, but I really think it hasn't. I want a world trade economic simulator. And I'm not talking something like Civilization, where it's like, oh, I can trade this guy horses for saltpeter so that I can build riflemen and kill his cavalry. Woohoo! It, no, I want to be able to trade in textiles and trade that for refrigerators and, you know, actually work out terms of agreement that are beneficial to both parties. And, oh no, there's a war in Iraq, oil prices are spiking, what are we going to do to solve our transportation issues? And I would love to be able to figure all that stuff out. It'd be really complicated and really annoying, and I'd probably hate it after about half an hour. <laughs> but I want to try it. NPR, we know you've been looking for a video game of Planet Money. Here you go. Here you go. I want someone to mod that so it includes Enron. Yes. <laughs> yes, you could have an Enron situation. Well, well, you know, you, the you giant need... collapses. What do you do? You need the anomalies, the people who are just really playing the whole economy. Exactly. Like there's nothing actually there. It's just lies. Mm-hmm. So you want the ec- economic equivalent of Crusader Kings 2? Yes. See, 100%. I actually believe Paradox would make that thing. <laughs> well, get him on the horn. Yeah. I'll talk hey, with him. Paradox. <laughs> hey, Paradox. There you go. You got at least one guy who will buy your game. There, yeah. we made it two minutes in before directly addressing a uh, publisher. <laughs> a dev, yeah. <laughs> Everybody take a drink. Yeah. Glug. Um, well, for me, and this is, you know, just because I'm a teacher, I'm not, I, I, I'm not gonna say, oh, teaching simulator, because I teach all day, why would I want to go pretend to be a teacher on the computer? I want to, um, possibly to understand my students a little better, I want slacker burnout kid simulator. Wasn't that your high school years? No, no, no. The objective is to get through the school day 
talking to as few people as possible. The longer you can get through without anyone ever noticing you, addressing you, or forcing you to speak, the more points you get at the end of the day. I'd be great at this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was my high school career. Right? You could use that to buy new hoodies. Yes. I had so many hoodies. I didn't have enough hoodies, actually. Better so headphones. That would have been nice. I did need better. I had yeah. candies. I had a I beanie that had headphones in them. Ah, that would be like the oh, top right. tier loot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> new emotes like roll eyes or ignore whoever's talking to you. Or brush bangs out of face. Brush bangs Long out of face. dramatic sigh. How about brush bangs into face? <laughs> now you're thinking. Yeah. Brush yeah. bangs out of face with no hands. Do a little hair flip. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. alright, there you yeah. go. Totally. Just for the listeners at home, everyone did a little hair flip, forgetting that we are going off of a microphone. Yes, there was, <laughs> there was actual physical movement there. there was. Including from Jeff, who has a shaved head. So right. simulated. Much cool. like Finn. Yeah. <laughs> yes. um, so, it's actually interesting, we got a pretty good spread. We got like an augmented reality VR thing. We got like a Crusader Kings 2 gigantic, you know, takes 12 hours to learn how to play epic type deal uh, and we got you know everything in between a simulator can be a lot of different things that's true. I can't. so I feel like if we're going to talk about simulators we should probably try to set some ground rules on what exactly is a simulator what qualifies as a simulator yeah because I feel like when we first started talking about this I was thinking like the sims uh, I was thinking like roller coaster tycoon, and then I realized that games like Forza exist. Yeah, I mean, like basically, I feel that anything that lets you live out a fantasy, um, but not like I mean, I know we were kind of talking at one point, asking if is Tomb Raider a sim of being a Tomb Raider, for instance. Personally, I'm not so sure that you could say such a thing because that's so more of an interactive story. I think if you're going to open up the doors of what a sim is further than, you know, I mean, most people, when you say a simulation game, they have a pretty concrete idea of games like Roller Coaster Tycoon and so forth. I would say maybe, maybe you can open up the doors to games that include, like, where you build your character from the ground up sort of thing. Well, I think that for me, because um, like building the character from the ground up is sort of broad, I think, too, because then does that make Mass Effect a Commander Shepard simulator? So, the way I see it, I mean, I guess technically it is a Commander Shepard simulator. It is. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what I mean, is like, I'm not so sure that I would call Mass Effect a simulator, <laughs> well, but it is definitely... I, there is a difference between role play, like role playing is for sure a character simulator, it is. right? Where you get to play as a specific kind of character, right? So that's why I wouldn't say that like Skyrim is a simulator, but it's a Dragonborn simulator, right? <laughs> well, I'd have to argue with you there because I'd say Skyrim is much more a simulator than Mass Effect is because just as you said, you're building your character. In Skyrim, you build your character from exactly. the ground up. You spend half an hour, 45 minutes morphing into every possible configuration in front of Hulfgear, <laughs> or whatever his name is. While as in Mass Effect, you are Commander Shepard. Whether you are a blonde bimbo or, you know, the a She-Hulk, you are Commander Shepard, whatever Commander Shepard is, as opposed to Skyrim, where you are your own character. Well, I would argue that... Okay... You are standing there morphing in front of... Apologies right now. 
Wolfgear? I think his name is Wolfric. 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 Wolfric Stormcloak. The thing is, in Skyrim, there are defined characters. If you talk to somebody else who has played Skyrim, they'll be like, that dude. Like, if you're playing The Sims, you're making your family and you're pulling resources, but there aren't predefined characters. Uh, you're If you're playing Forza, maybe the cars, but not really. If you're playing Roller Coaster Tycoon, you can name the little guys, but the little guys don't necessarily have names. There isn't an importance of character and story. Something like Stardew Valley, which does have characters, could be argued to be a simulator. But it seems like a lot of simulators value the experience over either characters or story. Yeah, and I think um, what I was going to say was that regardless of characters or creating your character or story, things like that, I see a simulator as a game that attempts to emulate a particular experience, which all games do, but that attempts to emulate a particular experience with as much realism as possible, I feel. Which is why I would say, like, Forza, which I don't really play racing games, but my understanding is that Forza prides itself on being very realistic, I would call Forza a racing simulator, whereas Mario Kart is just a racing game. Well, I just to build off that... I'd say that is very close, but it's. I wouldn't say it's so much that simulators are games where that focus on being that specific experience is more realistic. I would call a game a simulator when the primary focus of that game is that experience. So, like, I I would not call Skyrim or Mass Effect simulators personally because there is there are those heavy aspects of story and characters, and it's not really just about the experience of being a spaceship commander in space. It's about the story and the characters and everything inter interloping together. Versus Forza, I, I would say, yeah, I would I, I would bundle in Forza in the simulator genre because first and foremost, the point of Forza is the experience of driving the cars. Even if you added a story, if it was just, but it was to the side, it wasn't a big thing. Simulator, I, I would say simulators really don't prioritize the story or characters, they prioritize being in the experience. No, 100%. I, my thing is that simulators fill a role fantasy. Specifically, if you ask the question, what would it be like to be a surgeon? Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Right? Um... <laughs> No, you can ha take liberties with that. If you haven't played Surgeon Simulator, enjoy. Um, <laughs> I have done brain transplants. <laughs> like, um, but it answers that question. What would it be like to be this? And then using whatever weird functions of the game, right? Like, because in a lot of ways, Surgeon Simulator isn't inaccurate. I mean, like, it, it is, but it's like... You apply anesthetic, and then you, you know, open them up and do whatever you need to do. Pull some stuff out. Yeah, you <laughs> now miss, you missed a stuff. step in terms of sterilization. Uh, and, oh no, uh, no, no! The idea is you come in sterilized and all that, right? Like, I mean, uh, granted, what I've seen in this game, did you get a medical degree first? <laughs> We're not sure. It's implied. <laughs> yeah, no, everything's implied. It's just literally the doing the surgery of you apply anesthetic, you cut open, you make your incision, you pull out whatever you need to pull out and put in whatever you need to put in. Now, things like doing that in the most realistic way possible, shaky. <laughs> um, I threw out a man's heart. Uh, and wow. It, and then You're really I, there emotionally. <laughs> Both. <laughs> Both. 
And then uh, I put the new one in, and it sort of landed where his bladder should have been, but I tossed that out ages ago. <laughs> Question, then, if, we, if we're looking at things where it's the experience, not the story, and not the characters, it's just the experience, is Shower With Your Dad a simulator? Yes. I mean, it's a simulator right in the title. <laughs> yeah, no, it doesn't. Oh, it doesn't? I thought it was Shower With Your Dad yeah. Simulator 2016. I'm wrong, it is in the title. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ignore me. I'm, I'm stupid. But yeah, and... I, I, w- I would say yeah, because overall, like the, you get, you understand when you play these games that the core point, the base point of the game is the experience. I'm trying to think of some other good examples. Like I, I picked up Car Mechanic Simulator this week, 2015. I've yet to try it, which is unfortunate. I wanted to try and do it before the show, but I didn't. I'll probably post something about it after this. Euro Truck Simulator 2. You know, to both of which there may be some aspects of story. I'm not sure yet, but the whole, <laughs> but. Uh, I think you nailed it on the head, Jessica. The whole question of what would it be like to be black? What would it be like to be a goat? Yeah, no, exactly, right? It's like, what would it be like to be a goat? Honestly, probably kind of boring. So let's just throw some lasers in there. <laughs> Maybe that's what goats What would it be about. like to be a laser goat? <laughs> right, I mean... I am bread. Honestly, like, with Goat Simulator, that's... Let's parody the simulator genre, but that's what would it be like to be a goat who could also blank, <laughs> right? And that's the simulation. Actually, that, that brings up another point that I'd be interested in just discussing briefly. Simulators can either go very grounded in reality mm-hmm. and, and as close to the actual like source material or actual experience as possible, or you can get games like Goat Simulator or Shower With Your Dad Simulator, which is as, as, as fun and you know engaging as Shower With Your Dad Simulator is. I think you, most of you guys can agree it's probably not how it really would go down. Especially <laughs> the bathtub scene where you're flying. Anyway. Yeah, that, that gets weird. But, so, certain games take a lot of liberties, but certain games really stick to the realism, and I'm wondering where the, where the key differentiator is. I just want to pause and explain for a second. Shower With Your Dad Simulator 2015 is a game where you play a small child at a public bath, probably like a country gym. club gym, yeah, kind of deal. YMCA. Yeah, YMCA. Uh, and there are multiple dads showering who all look different. There's like a ginger dad, a black dad, a maybe Hispanic dad. He looks kind of like Bob from Bob's Burgers. Yeah. And you try to run to them as quickly as possible without stepping on the slippery slope and sliding towards the wrong dad and ensuing social awkwardness. You can't pick the wrong dad. Otherwise, it's weird. Yeah. yeah. So, sorry. I just wanted to explain Shower With Your Dad so we didn't keep mentioning the most awkward sounding game title with zero explanation. That's true. Also, it's not as, as popular as Goat Simulator, so... No. So, I wonder, though... Which is wrong. Are the games that take an actual simulation and just completely parody it, are they just kind of are they just kind of jumping on the, the simulator bandwagon? Can, can you really... They're simulator simulators. Well, I feel like Shower With Your Dad or something, like, there's more fun in just the mechanics of it, so it's almost like a mechanics-based game, and so it just is taking off on the idea of a simulator to get attention. Right. Like, could you honestly... I'm wondering if you could really call it a simulator. Yeah, that's... By yeah. definitions, probably not. I feel like it's as much a simulator as the scary movie movies count as horror movies. Sure, it says scary movie in the title, but that doesn't mean it's actually supposed to be a scary movie. And it has scary moments, but they're kind of goofy. Well, the so... social implications are plenty scary. That's true. Well, here's kind of my view on those, is that, so I said, they're simulator simulators. So what it is, is they have this mechanic, and they use these tropes that are within simulator games to kind of point out 
what's kind of funny about that, <laughs> you know, like, um, I haven't played anything quite like Shower With Your Dad, but I have played, I mean, Goat Simulator, you wander around as a goat and then you can kind of unlock powers and stuff as you go, but, like, the way you do a lot of that is very similar to how you play, like, The Sims or, some, or something along those lines. Well, and I feel like your motivation behind playing Goat Simulator is different. When you're playing, say, video game Tycoon, it's because you want to see what running a video game company is like. If you're playing... Game Dev Tycoon. Or Game Dev Tycoon. Yeah. Thank you. Um, but if you're playing Goat Simulator, you're playing it because you want your friends on Steam to see that you're playing Goat Simulator. <laughs> like, really, you're playing it so there will be a little pop-up that says, Paige is playing Goat Simulator. And so everyone will see that I'm playing Goat Simulator. I'm not sure that's an entirely fair metric to use because when I play when I play Roller Coaster Tycoon, I'm looking to see how far I can launch people off of a half-built roller coaster. I'm not looking to actually simulate a theme park. So by that definition, suddenly Roller Coaster Tycoon is not a simulator. I I'm I feel like you could expand on that. It's like Schrodinger Simulator. Although roller coaster, I mean, I feel like roller coaster tycoon. Even if you play it that way, does count as a simulator because if you build a roller coaster that's not safe and crank the velocity on, uh, up on it super high, so that the cars fly off the rails and crash and, and people die uh, and sail gloriously and, and then crash, sail gloriously and crash and die, there are consequences for that. I'm pretty sure, like, I forget exactly what happens. I don't know if it's just your park rating goes down. Like, I died here, zero out of ten. But I, I think, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure, like, you get sued. Like, you have to pay reparations and stuff. So, even if you're playing it that way, the consequences are realistic. Unless you have your park launch them into this ne like the neighboring park, and then their rating goes down, and they get sued. Is that actually how it works? Somebody did that, yeah. Yeah, someone did that. Um, but I think the thing you know is what I'm that... Doing tonight. <laughs> What we're saying is that the game itself may be a simulator, but you can play it like a different style of game. But at the same time, your game might not be a simulator. We agreed that Skyrim is probably not a simulator. But there are people who play Skyrim like a simulator. And there are people who play GTA like a simulator. Well, they just decide, forget the main game. I don't care anymore. I'm a taxi cab driver now. Or I'm running a small shop in the middle of the woods. And this is my life now. And I'll check on my wife and daughter at the end of the day and see how they're doing. And watch my child grow up under my, like, loving neglect. Like, there are people who play non-simulators like simulators, and there are a lot of people who play simulators like non-simulators. That's true. My first time trying to play Euro Truck Simulator, I only had 15 minutes. I had to go leave for dinner or something, so I was like, let's do first level. Go. And it was literally drive this truck across the block, around the corner, and back into this loading dock. And I was like, no time! So I just hauled ass through four lights across the sidewalk. And just was like, they'll have to go through the front. And I just drove head on into the loading dock instead of taking the time to turn around the truck and back it in. How'd that work out for you? I got like not a lot of points. <laughs> I didn't, it, wasn't, it wasn't good, I'll say that, but I got it there. It's like, look, it's here. So I think we've boiled it down to three basic ideas. I don't know, maybe if you've got two out of three, your game's a simulator, we can say. <laughs> okay. At least if it's prioritized. Yeah. Is it the main focus of the game? The priority on experience, of, on the experience of doing the thing. Yeah, that's, yeah. The at least making some attempt to be realistic in how you portray the doing of the thing. 
and being the ability to envision yourself in the role of the person who does the thing. Or animal. And I would say with the realistic thing, that's not necessarily in terms of graphics. Um, often people often hear... Not. I Yeah, I was going to say, I know that a lot of times when people hear the term realistic, they assume high graphics and that mm-hmm. sort of thing, but... Um, I feel Game Dev Tycoon is actually, like, a fairly realistic game. I mean, very, very boiled down, of course, but Mm -hmm. it's essentially managing how a game actually comes into being, and very low-grade graphics on that game, but wonderful. It is very realistic, though, because you start off by just, you know, getting the resources, and you come Mm -hmm. up with the idea, Mm -hmm. then you you start kind of bottom up. I can't remember what exact order it's in, but I know for a fact you do, like, the graphics and sound last. Mm-hmm. Just because no, first you have to build like the engine, <laughs> and 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 just the gameplay and the logic and things like that. Well, yeah. and I feel like that brings up another thing that we haven't brought up as much. That it seems like in in a lot of simulators, not all of them, obviously not a flight simulator, but resource management takes on a bigger role than it would in an action game, for example. There's a lot about how you use your money. Uh, if you don't cheat in Sims, which let's be honest, none of us <laughs> Everybody do. Everybody does. Ka-ching, ka-ching, But I mean, there is the idea at the base of the game that you are going to be earning more money and allocating it like a real person building up their home would. That's true. I've, 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 I've encountered that many times. Or even like Jeff's hypothetical global economic simulator is all about resource management because that's yeah. what economics is. Well, I... even love resource management. <laughs> but even Game Dev Tycoon, you start as one guy in a basement, and by the end, if you've played your cards right, you have tons of developers, you're developing your own console, and you have millions of people at Naughty 3 looking at your booth. Yeah, definitely. Well, it, as long as we're talking about resource management becoming a big thing, a focus on the experience over story or characters or anything of the sort, and... Uh, Specifically, a realistic portrayal of how difficult things can be. XCOM 2. Um, I haven't played 2, but... Well, XCOM in general. They're very simple. Yeah, yeah. You know, actually, because I know you and I have played it. Yeah. Based on the ground rules we've kind of laid out here, it it really does toe the line. Yeah. Like, I, I, I don't know if I... I don't know if I if I would really feel comfortable calling it a simulator. Yeah, I'm not sure I would so either. Because but it really does it, it works in pretty heavily the idea of the story and the characters behind it. They're uh, pretty. Uh, I, uh, I I think so. Yeah, no, I there think so. there definitely is a story and characters within the game. They're definitely not as main focus. Yeah, but I would say real time strategy games in general are going to be a like very close to a simulator yeah. without they're gonna, they're gonna being. Tell that. Oh. You know what I'm thinking of? Frozen Synapse. That's actually very good. That's point. a great. Uh, yeah, that's a very good point. That one toes the line very well because yeah. I, 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 I'm more. I'd be more inclined to call that real time strategy, but it mm-hmm. really closely t- t- toes the line because it's very detail oriented and very realistic how you'd actually. It's a tactic that. simulator. Well, yeah. I think part of what would make um, just from what I've seen of XCOM, but also a lot of other uh, turn based simulators like. Uh, say Fire Emblem or Final Fantasy Tactics not work is the basis not just on story but the fact that if you play it again and again the plotline will follow the same basic structure Mm. like if you play something like Stardew Valley again and again 
there's no timeline for how many days will go by before something happens. You probably should do things by a certain point, just if you want to move on. But it's up to you. But it's up to you. I mean, you could literally wake up and go to bed every day. Yeah. (laughs) Just, like, (laughs) never do anything in the farm. Yeah. Become that weird recluse farmer. (laughs) Become Boo Radley. Yeah. (laughs) The Boo Radley simulator. But, uh... But the thing is, if you go in XCOMs, there there are some missions that will advance the plot the same way every time. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I suppose that's fair. Actually, bringing up Stardew Valley again, you said you weren't sure you would call Stardew Valley a simulator. In some ways. It just... Like I was saying before, a lot of simulators have the point being putting you in a generalized role, like goat or car racer. While Stardew Valley, you're in a very specific place with very specific people. Uh, Concerned Ape did a good job of making everyone seem like an individual depth, and I guess that makes it a better small town simulator, but it it gives it a story and characters that you don't usually see in the simulator genre. Two things. One, I just want to take a moment to acknowledge the fact that Paige said Final Fantasy in this episode before I did. For those of you who don't know, uh, for those of you, <laughs> that's yeah. weird. Grant has a problem. I have a problem. But I think what Jeff was saying about XCOM and what Paige, you're saying about uh, Stardew Valley, uh, in both cases, it's a game that um, very clearly partitions itself into separate genres, and one of those is simulator. With XCOM, it's even clearer. There's the combat side and the base side. The base side of the game is very clearly a simulator. You are managing your resources. You have to make sure you have enough scientists and engineers to uh, pump out the product that you need in the given time. You need to make sure you're expanding your base in the right way. And I don't know how it works in two, but I'm assuming it's very similar. I'm assuming, like an enemy unknown and enemy within, when you put like you know two science labs next to each other, those scientists can collaborate and exactly. so they work better. Yes, you and, can. Yeah, stuff like that. Um, Whereas then the combat side is just, you know, a turn-based tactic strategy game. Yeah. And then in Stardew Valley, like, the parts of it that are more, um, more obviously pulled from Harvest Moon of making sure you water your crops, take care of your animals, uh, keeping track of what sells worth what and everything like that. Everything on your farm. Yeah, everything when you're on the farm is very much a simulator. It is an incredibly stripped-down simulator. It's a very basic farming simulator because you don't need to worry about all the things that real-life farmers have to worry about, because farming's a serious Not like profession. Farming Simulator. <laughs> yeah, not like Farming Simulator, but it is a simulator of life on a farm, or ranch, or whatever kind, or brewery, or whatever kind of place you want to run. You did listen to what I did with my farm. I did, but as soon as you step off the farm, especially, I mean, this is kind of true in Harvest Moon, because there are characters who have lives in Harvest Moon, but it seems like Stardew Valley, in particular, put a lot more focus on really, really fleshing out those characters, so, like, on the farm, it's a farming simulator, but once you step off the farm, it's like, I don't know, it's like a Telltale game, almost, of, like, getting to know and understanding the characters. Oh, we said Telltale. Yeah, <laughs> it was bound to happen eventually. Yeah. Check. Yeah. We're just making Starting a bingo card. I guess it's more like a Bioware game, because you slowly build up your relationship with the different people. And yeah. honestly, Stardew Valley is, like, eight things at once. It's why it's so fascinating, because it's the farming simulator, but also, like, that kind of Bioware thing with the characters. The tiny but then action. also, you can go around and, like, yeah, exactly, Spurlunk. Spurlunk. <laughs> yeah. Adventure forth. Um, I think you can become a wizard's apprentice, but I haven't done it yet. <laughs> Maybe we hope. I'm yeah. working on it. He's it hasn't mentioned it yet. a couple times, so. Yeah. So, 
uh, we mentioned that a key component, other than the three I listed before, resource management does seem to be a pretty key component in some way, shape, or another. Yeah. And then you, Jeff, remarked, I love resource management. Yeah. <laughs> Why do you love resource management? Why are we drawn to these simulators? Uh, well, the reason I love resource management is because in real life I'm poor and I have no resources <laughs> to manage. Escapism! That is actually a fantastic point. Okay, so... <laughs> For those who don't know me, I actually, um, I majored in psychology, and so I think one of the main reasons we find ourselves so drawn to simulators, other than filling out those role fantasies, um, is a lot of them with that resource, ma resource management allows us to clean up the clutter of our lives, right? Like, it has a very clear, you do this, you will win, <laughs> mm. as opposed to real life. Which gets kind of hazy, right? Kind of. But but like with a lot of these simulators, it's if you do this and you do this right, you get more points. More points means more money to gain more things and so on and so forth. And you you can be much more successful a lot easier in a simulator game, which feels very challenging and has that realism to it that you're like. I am drawn to this. This makes me feel good. Endorphins release. <laughs> well, and I think that it's just those little endorphins over time because real-time strategy, or uh, not real-time strategy, but simulators are really good at giving you a gradual reward system over time. Oh, uh, yeah. we finished, Grant and I finished uh, a lot of Game Dev Tycoon over one night. Uh, we had just gotten married. We were living with his parents. And for once... Everyone was out of the house for the night. So like any young married couple who are on their own for once in their lives, we spent the entire evening playing Game Dev Tycoon and only <laughs> realized we could have been doing other things at the end of the night, and we were so happy with our decisions. Because it was zen. <laughs> made the right choice. That game's awesome. <laughs> in case any of my students are listening, she meant just hugging. It's true. <laughs> the snuggling. I'm sorry. I'm going to... I'm gonna, keep it real here we kiss sometimes too <gasps> anyway anyway I feel dirty <laughs> it's okay we're married can, we can, can kiss and i can speak for at least in my own case i, I no, know she's not pregnant yet no but I, I, can, I can at least speak in my own case for why i'm drawn to simulators I, I think you guys both made very good points about why in general everyone is drawn to simulators i like simulator games because i personally am just a very um uh, uh I have a lot of hobbies. I'm always bouncing f to different interests. I I'm, I'm just very curious. I love learning about new stuff to the point where I don't even dig too deeply into one thing. I'm, I just it's I'm, I'm with it for a little bit and I bounce to another thing and then I'm with that for a little bit and then I bounce to another thing. I just love learning new stuff and trying new things. So what I love about simulators is I can get to see what it's like to drive a truck across the European countryside, you know, and look at the grass and dairy farmers. Hello, dairy farmer. Oh, I'm running you over. <laughs> this did not go the way I expected. Or I can actually play around as a car mechanic and see, uh, with the understanding that this isn't, you know, necessarily 100% what it's actually going to be like to be a car mechanic, but I can at least get an understanding of the core concepts. Of like, yeah, like, like maybe I, to, in order to fix this, I, I'm experiencing this problem with a car. Well, maybe that's the carburetor and the way it connects to the fuel intake. It's probably not how it actually works. I haven't played it yet, but... but you do get that experience of actually putting yourself in that role and learning more about something. And that, to me, is fascinating just because I, I love to just bounce around and try new things. Well, and Jessica, you might have more on this than I do, but I was listening to um, 
the podcast Hidden Brain the other day, and the host was talking to a woman who was talking about the dangers of positive thinking. Uh, just because when you think positively about something, when you fantasize about a positive outcome, you are less likely to do anything. Uh, she actually studied people who had crushes on other people mm -hmm. and had them finish a story about, you know, them and their crush hanging out. And the ones who finished it with a very lovey-dovey and then everything worked out ending, and then, you know, we hugged on the couch. Grant's kids, we know you're listening. Um, but... <laughs> those people were less likely to get together with whoever they were interested in because they had already foreseen a positive conclusion in their mind. Um, for writers, they tell people, don't tell them about your story because then you get all the reward of someone enjoying your story without actually getting around to writing it ever. So by playing Goat Simulator, instead of having to do all the hard work of becoming a goat, very quickly you get all the rewards of being that goat. Also, come on, goats have it easy. I'm sorry. I'm, I disagree with that statement. There is no hard work in becoming a goat whatsoever. <laughs> then why haven't you become a goat yet? Because... You've got Goat Simulator and you don't have to do the hard work. Well, I guess in that situation, See, yes, it is a little bit difficult. I'd <laughs> say it's because he's like me and doesn't have that much resources, so he can't go out and afford all the cosmetic surgery to get fur grafts and you know, replace his hands with hooves. Yeah, and my pupils turn sideways... Yeah. But our it's a brains, lot of work. Our brains are stupid enough that by playing a simulator, we get a lot of the same endorphins that we might get by actually doing the thing. I haven't read any, like, supporting articles, but I can completely believe that just because um, you will see things like that in terms of just how we manage our energy and that sort of thing. Like, when, uh, when you feel good, you're less likely to continue doing that unless it feels good and then you feel a little bit bad and then you'll do a little more, right? So that's why in a good simulator, <laughs> you have something that makes you feel good, but then something else to counter it and make you feel a little bad so that you'll do a little more. Like, one reason I'm no longer playing Stardew Valley, for instance, is there's nothing left to do, mm -hmm. right? Like, there's not much left, and I have no need to continue growing my crops and making lots and lots of money, right? I need someone to come around and take all my money, or <laughs> for whatever reason. Who wants a scholarship? <laughs> <laughs> Well, right. I think a lot of the reason why I enjoy playing simulators, um, and very specific simulators like Roller Coaster Tycoon, Game Dev Tycoon, and that kind of thing, is probably tied into very, very closely to why I really enjoy RPGs, because I like seeing numbers go up, <laughs> and then hearing a little ding sound to tell me I did the thing. <laughs> right? You'd be a good lab rat. I would be. Oh, I'd, yeah. be I'd be a great. Where's lab rat simulator? Oh, <laughs> no, no, no. The button. Oh, 100%. Oh, that's where okay now. Skinnerbox simulator. That is 100% where it all stems from, is we like pressing that button and getting that release. Yeah, so, like, I can play game dev and be like, I'll put out a game, and then see, you know, what, oh, I got good reviews on that one. I learned a new thing. And so then new stuff fills in, because there's all the empty boxes on your menu of, like, what goes with what, and it gets added to your thing. So the menu fills up, and then you know how to do the thing better, and the little numbers go up, and you get more people, and there's all those little colored dots that fly around, and it just it pleases me. You know what? That is so satisfying. <laughs> it's incredible. And there's a little poink sound. All the little dots go... So satisfying. Well, and that's even in the reverse. Like, there is... I would say that Habitica is a real-life simulator. <laughs> um, there's an app called Habitica that is basically an art, like a gamification of your to-do list where if you do your task, you get a little avatar who's wearing a little, like, jerkin, like, old-timey jerkin. And so, like, you know, basic clothes. And you can level them up as you do your chores. You click things off the list, and you get 
gold and you buy actual armor for your character like you would in a game. And then as you do chores, you get animals that can be your mounts, you get eggs that you can hatch them with, and you get items that feed them. So it is pulling in, it is almost the reverse of a simulator. By making you do real life things, you get fake rewards. It literally gamifies your life. It, it gamifies does. your life. And it works. I'm terrified at how much I'm liking this idea. <laughs> Honestly, no. you should try it. Uh, like, look, I, I'm riding a giant pink panda. I do so much stuff at my job. I, I <laughs> will do a wielding sword. I would level out so fast. Well, and so it's that same thing happening in reverse, where instead of doing fake things to get real brain rewards, you do real things to get fake brain rewards, which feel like real brain (laughs) rewards, so why not? Yeah. And if everything's in your brain, what's the difference between the real and the fake reward? Exactly. This is getting a little too real for me. The endorphins (laughs) are being released when they weren't being released before, so it's actually a great tool. Yeah. Jeff, I, you need to edit in a little Inception sound somewhere in here. Yeah, I'll see if I can do that for you. <laughs> yeah, but right now, really, I just wanted to brag because I'm really close to writing a skeleton wolf. That's really sweet. That sounds very uncomfortable, actually. <laughs> you know, it kind of does. Yeah. Yeah. Bony. So, we like the escapism. We like seeing the little bubbles go poink in game dev. We, we, we like having those brain chemicals released. We like to just we like learning. Things. Yeah, we like trying new things. We like to learn new things, like how to be a goat. So, rewards, escapism, being able to have a new experience, these are things that all video games have. Usually. Usually, or at least all good video games have. Yes. <laughs> so, why do people often see simulators as more of a casual thing? Well, I think simulator games are seen as casual because a lot of casual games are simulators. If you look at a lot of Flash games, they are simulators. You are running a diner, you are running a hair salon, you are running a farm, and you are a embassy trying to run Rome, but on a small scale. And so a lot of people, if they're playing for five minutes, they'll play something that looks like a simulator. So when they see a simulator again on a less casual scale, it will be familiar to them from that context. Also, a lot of simulator games are approachable to casual people. You don't feel like you need to learn something. Like, a lot of them aren't quick reflex games. They're, you think about what you're going to do and you do it. You might need a slightly quick reflex, but not something, my fingers are not fast enough, I cannot play Infamous. And so you'll get a lot of people joining and playing The Sims who would never play a different game. You'll get a lot of people playing, it's a little more on the edge, but... Animal Crossing, who would never play a game. And so we get a lot of, or Roller Coaster Tycoon, everyone played Roller Coaster Tycoon or Oregon Trail. And so they are the games that everyone has access to. Farmville. <laughs> remember Farmville? I, I my, remember Farmville. My 70 year old boss, when I was in high school, played Farmville. <laughs> Everybody played Farmville. But no, going back to what you were saying about how they don't require much in the way of reflexes or quick thinking that it more rewards actual thinking things out ahead of time and planning ahead and resource management. I had a buddy named Steven back in the day when I still lived in Chicago and he had an entire grouping of games which he just referred to as dad games. (laughs) (laughs) And whenever I tried to press him on it, he'd just say, you know, the kind of games your dad would play. That ended up including Masters of Orion, <laughs> XCOM, Roller Coaster Tycoon, and 
the list goes on, but I'm starting to realize exactly what he meant, because I had a pretty good idea, but I never quite nailed it down. And it really is that kind of rewards, slow, thought out, puzzling it out, figuring it out, rather than twitch reflexes. And it's interesting that you brought that up. And I think, actually, I don't know why that made me think this, but I think that the other reason is, one of the big critiques of games is that a lot of the AAA titles are you are playing as a gruff, middle-aged, 30-year-old man getting shot at. Like, that is a lot of games. With a little bit of stubble. With a little bit of stubble, just to throw in for a good measure. And And probably a blonde love interest. uh Uh-huh, and a lot of people aren't interested in that. Like, you can go to the movies and get that, so why would I buy a $60 video game when I don't care about video games? But, hey, I go to the hair salon every, you know, month or whatever, and To be the blonde love interest. To be the blonde love interest, and so there's a game where I get to shampoo hair. That's something that I'm interested in. Or there's a game where you get to play as, I don't know, like a roller coaster. I like going to theme parks. I like roller coasters. It'd be fun to build a roller coaster. And so I thought you were going to say, I like being a roller coaster. I was going to say, the way you said that, a roller coaster simulator where you play as the roller coaster. You Which know, could also be really cool. I've <laughs> always wanted to see what it's like. Like, I like true crime, and I've always wanted to know what it's like to be a serial killer. Let's go get The Sims. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yes. We all know what we're doing there. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Because the idea is filling a role by their very nature, like, by necessity, they will have to be from a broad swath of walks of life instead of following that same role again and again with a different skin on it. And a lot of people who don't play games see mainstream titles as the same thing with a different skin on it. So to flip that around, yeah. Uh, cat Like, the quote-unquote casual not necessarily gamer people see mainstream video games as the same thing over and over again, does that create a sort of reverse... In the reverse, does that create a sort of stigma where mainstream... I'm making air quotes, people at home. You know, mainstream, I'm a serious gamer, I only play AAA titles. Do those kinds of people then view simulators as, like, filthy casuals with a sort of stigma? Well, how many of us laughed when we said the word Farmville? Like that's true. It's true, and there were a lot of people who very it took Farmville super seriously, and and in that way that you know, I take Mass Effect super seriously, right? And it's interesting. Um, actually, like right around the the big rise of like um, iOS app based games, we saw this surge in a lot of casual gaming, and and then the internet did what it does and you got those filthy casual type comments and so forth and a really interesting article like opinion piece popped up on Game Informer that I don't know if I will ever find but I will try and I will try to link it um, which was basically just what is a gamer right and this uh, the author uh, I don't remember names this is great but the author basically kind of said you know the truth is, if you play casual games, you are a gamer, right? Like, if you play them and you love them and this is what you do as, like, one of your hobby-type things, you're a gamer, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. you don't have to feel ashamed of that, right? You may not be the classic concept of a gamer, but 
Let's face it, the classic concept of a gamer is a 40-year-old hairy fat man on the couch who lives in his mother's basement, and I don't think any of us fit that role. Not yet. <laughs> this just is true. Just aspiring. <laughs> Someday. <laughs> well, and I just noticed this at work the other day. The announcement for Civ 6 came out this week. Everyone at my work was really excited. Lots of the guys in my office play Civ, love Civ. And then they looked up the graphics, and just the hype died because the first things out of all of their mouths well looks like clash of clans and for one thing that's idiotic because it's a pc game you can mob the heck out of it and if people have been not spending time on visuals they've probably been paying more attention to like algorithms mechanics and ai oh no you'll just have to mod it to make it pretty but also i looked at it and as someone who's played a lot of casual games, not Clash of Clans specifically, but a lot of similar games, it didn't look bad to me. Like, who's playing Civ for the cutting-edge graphics? You're playing Civ for the strategy. And so the fact that something being even just akin to a casual game killed the incredibly high hype in the room says how much disgust some people have for casual games. See, I almost want to flip it, because I'm thinking about what you said of how there's this, you know, filthy casual talking about casual games, people, what you specifically said was people who only play AAA titles. And that makes me think of, when I was at GameStop, the people who I detested most were the people who only came in to buy AAA titles, the guys who came in for the Call of Duty, the Battlefield, that was the year that uh, Medal of Honor Warfighter dropped... Uh, and I, yeah, I remember, I'm not sure I would call Crisis 3 a triple-A title. It was more of what I would refer to as a double-A, because it didn't have that huge blockbuster momentum to it, but it was still a great game. Metro Last Light, Metro 2033, what I would refer to as double-A titles, can compete with triple-A in a lot of ways, but just don't have that funding, that giant backing from a huge publisher. And it was the people who I could not convince, hey, take a look at this. Hey, expand your horizons. Try this. Those people were the ones who I just wanted to punch in the frickin' <laughs> face. Because it was the most frustrating thing. There is so much more to gaming that you can get rather than just limiting yourself to the next big adrenaline button. Uh -huh. Well, I think that one thing that you see that I think also might be a part of it is that some people think they've grown past it. I mean, like, if you think of a lot of the classic titles, Sims, Roller Coaster Tycoon, Oregon Trail is a simulator. And for our generation, you know, like, early mid-twenties, that is what we grew up with playing after school with our friends. True. But as we got older, we moved to more complex games, we moved to harder things, and we got to shoot people in the face. So, a lot of people, it's maybe not even that this is a casual game, but it's a baby game. And I think that probably does come from the fact that you were, like, it was what we all played after school. Although, like, it's always funny to, like, you know what? I remember Roller Coaster Tycoon being fun, so I picked it up. That game is really hard. It's not an easy game. <laughs> no, no, it's not. It's, it, it's surprising. And so I find it really interesting um, that this game that is super accessible because children can play it, right? Mm -hmm. Like... I, dads can play it. <laughs> yeah, even dads can even play it. Even dads, come on. No, but like, <laughs> like it is a super accessible game. Farmville, literally everybody can play that. 
is seen as such a like low end thing because everyone can play it. But in truth, they're actually very difficult. You know, like I again, we all scoffed at Farmville, but it does take a lot of work to keep that farm up and running. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that it's interesting then that some things like Game Dev Tycoon take the idea of the nostalgia and make it their their pull. Because it's saying, you remember when you played Sims, let's do a meta take on that, you're older, you can get this game. Like, you're not aiming Game Dev Tycoons at the same level as Roller Coaster Tycoon, you're aiming Game Dev Tycoon at the people who played Roller Coaster Tycoon. I never thought about it that way, but that actually does make a lot of sense. Yeah, it does. And so it's using that nostalgia pull to pull you back into what you did before. And so it's using the childish aspect of it as a plus. So... I'm interested. I think it's interesting talking about people who are more pigeonholed into the AAA market, not being willing to consider simulators or consider anything outside their horizons. And either Jeff or Jessica, since you have actually worked GameStop, you can probably speak to this better. But I feel like another genre that you get the people who will only play those is sports games. Yeah. Or, yeah. or at least um, all the people like the, the Call of Duty bros seem like they would also probably also be picking up Madden. I imagine. But maybe I'm wrong. It, no, there there is a lot of, at least for me, there was a lot of crossover between those two markets. But they're some of the most accessible. Yeah, I was going to say like... But aren't they simulators? Sort of. I, like... The I would definitely game. say the sports games fall a little bit closer to like a team management simulator but then you also run the players so it's it gets a little it it gets a little hazy as to whether or not i'd call that a simulator but there's no real resource management i do know that a lot of the like for me at least i'm not sure if you've experienced this jeff but i do have a couple families who come in and they'll and i say families because it 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 usually is families that go strictly for the sports games. Um, We'll also pick up the um, simulators, and then Mm -hmm. it will be the parents who will talk about the simulator-type games more than the kids. I mean, like, they'll buy Zoo Tycoon for the kids, but then, like, the mom will actually have gotten really into it or something, and the dad really liked Farming Simulator, and then the kids are like, yeah, I just want to play, like, Call of Duty, but we can't, and then we give them Plants vs. Zombies Garden Warfare, so... (laughs) There you go. That's interesting. Well, because I remember when it occurred to me of, like, sports games possibly falling under simulators was at some E3 or something. There, uh, I think it was EA was advertising their new NBA game, and I just kind of tuned out because I don't really care about sports games. But then they were talking about all of the effort they were putting into the new NBA whatever. Yeah, I think that was 2014. Yeah, whichever it was. uh, Of, like, making sure that the animations and the player movements were as realistic as possible and building the teammate AI to move fluidly with whatever's going on and making sure that the physics of every individual thing in the game was as true to life as humanly possible. And I feel like in that regard, doesn't that make it kind of like a simulator? I mean, the the things that we talked about, resource management, no, unless like some like some Maddens I think had like career mode where you yeah. ran the team, but we'll, you know, some do some don't. We'll say no on that. Um, but putting yourself into a role, absolutely. What would it be like to be a pro athlete? Uh, and then the realism, like I just said, that's there. And depending on how the gameplay actually works out, you could argue for or against Connor's point of emphasizing the experience of it. 
So then, wouldn't that be a huge market that sells really well every year that is basically a bunch of people buying simulator games? Yeah. I mean, like, I'm hesitant just because I still don't know if I buy that a sports game is a simulator. Which like, is NFL still... Blitz definitely isn't a simulator. No, 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 but no, no. Madden... No. Madden might be, especially um, with Madden 16, they definitely did a lot more with the team management and actually being the coach. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, you do run the actual players themselves, you have to catch the ball and everything that you always do, but, like, there is definitely a lot more in terms of, like, coaching and management than there have been in previous Maddens, because, like, I played Madden... Like, oh, 07, I think, was the last one I played before 16, so it was like, oh, they've changed a lot. I mean, maybe. I, I, I could believe that they are definitely heading more in that direction because they do need to bring out more stuff, because otherwise, why are you going to buy a new game every year? Um, so they have to, like, add something new, and as they add more things, they're adding more of the, res uh, the resource management, more of the... Um, more of that kind of realistic reward system and so forth, and maybe. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's, it's heading that direction. Well, and I feel like if we're, if we got to the point where we are willing to say that sports games are simulators, that also goes back to my previous point that that's a huge swath of the American population. Well, actually, the global population has FIFA. a sport. Yeah, FIFA, that they love dearly, and even if they wouldn't pick up a console for Uncharted. They might pick up a you know, console so they can play as Messi. Yeah. yeah. I would just like to go back to earlier in our conversation where we were talking about XCOM and Frozen Synapse, and there was another one that we mentioned, how we say, yeah, they towed that line. I would argue I don't think a sports simulator, I don't think Madden or any of the others are sports simulators yet, uh, especially because I can't remember the name, but I remember it's like Football Coach or something. Well, football Manager 2016 Football whatever, Manager, yeah. I think it was a 2014. But Football Manager is much closer to an actual simulator than mm -hmm. Madden is. And they're getting there. And they're definitely towing Madden, that line. It has definitely taken a lot of cues from Football Manager, in it, fact. Which is why I say they're definitely heading in that direction, so I see your point. But. Yeah, but it's I would argue that it's not there yet. However, when we are talking about like Forza, I would say that is a simulator, even though it is could technically be counted as a sports game. So what's the difference? The main difference is that you actually are the driver in that situation. I mean, like, and the tracks are perfect, mm -hmm. right? I mean, they are as true to life as you can get. The cars are as true to life as you can get. And you're not jumping between different players, You're right? It's... I think that's a key thing, which you need to build on That's the main there. thing, is I'm not sure why that makes the difference, but for some reason it's making the difference in my head. Be it, it, here's why I say Forza is, is because I know for a fact that a lot of racers will use, like, full rig setups with, like, an Xbox and Forza in it to, to learn the track before they get to the track. That's super cool. Right? Yeah. Because... It's really accurate. Well, and that's a weird thing about simulators, is they are possible. I mean, there are a lot of useful things about video games. They build dexterity and cooperation, and we could go on about the positive forces in gaming cooperation. But, like, simulators might be the most useful form of video game in some ways, because that's useful for that. 
flight simulators are used in a lot of flight training. Um, you know, like, I mean, Grand Theft Auto was originally built as, as a, a driving, driving simulator, simulator that they got bored with. Yeah. <laughs> well, my understanding is it was a driving simulator, and then there was a glitch yeah. when they were programming it that caused the other cars to try to, to crash into you. Yeah. And while they were testing it, they went, oh, this is better. Let's just make this game. Well, yeah. and even if we want to get it more broad, there are some simulators that they do for bias, like working against your biases for cops where you're, or even just testing your own biases, where people pop up and you have to decide whether or not they're a threat and shoot them really quickly. And they use it both in bias training to try to work that out, or even just in bias understanding where regular people can go, oh, I am a little racist. And then you learn something about yourself that you didn't want to know. But I mean, that can be used as a social tool. Yeah, and I mean, like, another thing, too, with that is just, like, in general, a lot of the... Sorry, just kind of branching off completely. Yeah. That's okay. um, one, of, one of the really cool things about games, you know, a lot of people talk about how, like... Video games make us violent, and there's arguments to be had there. Um, but one thing that I I have picked up and read is that essentially they can, um, given many conditions. But depending on the, it very much depends on the video game. There are pro-social video games, and playing those games can make you a more social person. For instance. You play Tomodachi Life. You play a lot of Tomodachi Life. Tomodachi Life is all about helping people, like, solve their problems, feeding them, getting them clothes, getting them things to make them happy. As you make them happy, the thing goes boing, 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 boing. You feel happy. Everything's great. And that makes you a better person. <laughs> is Tomodachi Life a simulator? That was actually something I kind of wanted to, to talk about, too, is... <laughs> Have you noticed that a lot of these, like, life simulators have life in the title? So, Tomodachi Life, Fantasy Life, um, Second Life. <laughs> I think... Life simulators I think are what they are. from all the stories I've heard from everyone who plays Tomodachi Life, Tomodachi Life is a perfect simulator of your significant other breaking up with you. Exactly. <laughs> or going... Or never getting together and... Having a wife and kids with somebody else. Yeah, no, like, so many I'm times... I'm sorry. <laughs> so many times I've talked to people and they're like, yeah, I like Tomodachi Life, but my husband broke up with me. <laughs> and then, like, they look over at their significant other like it's their fault. <laughs> Didn't we stay together in Tomodachi no, Life? No, we got divorced and now you're just, like, best friends with my sister. Oh, right, yeah. But I keep telling you that you can't go out with my sister. Yeah, I left you with the kid. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's really funny, Grant, actually. You and I are best friends in pretty much everyone else's iteration of Tomodachi <laughs> Life, except Paige's. <laughs> um, but I think the reason social... I mean, just to go back to your previous point, I think the reason simulators can do so much good is they are so close to aspects of our lives. And so not only does gamifying real things in our life give us positive brain-feeling goodness... But it also can actually transfer to real-life skills and make them easier to stomach. Yeah. No, for sure. Absolutely. And actually easier to do in a low-cost way. I know that uh, actually Ford is building a lot of biking simulators right now, just for their own internal testing, to figure out how more bikes and cars can interact better. 
And so there are a lot of simulators that exist in a non-gaming mode, although that's a different topic entirely. No, I mean, not that different, because I know that a lot of gaming simulators that have come into the market, and I apologize that I'm not coming up with any examples other than Grand Theft Auto right now, but... Um, Probably a lot of flight were simulators. They, yeah, flight simulators, that sort of thing, where they start off as a we're doing something for a business and then you know what we'll just change it tweak a couple things and we'll sell it because we've already made it why not yeah well i think we've just about covered it uh we've sort of maybe kind of agreed on what a simulator is yeah, well we've covered a couple of things that a simulator isn't, isn't? yeah no we've, we've talked about a lot of things a simulator isn't and that a simulator might be I feel like if we solidly agreed on anything instead of kind of sort of maybe somewhat agreed, it just would, this just wouldn't be Volcano Bake Me. It's true. Yeah. Uh, we talked we... about why simulators are great and why people some people don't understand them and they're wrong. <laughs> and we had a lengthy conversation on whether or not sports games are simulators. And then we alienated every bro listening to our podcast. We did. Sorry, just guys. about, yeah. Just Sorry, about. bros. Except we you, love bro. You, sort of. You're cool. You're cool, yeah, bro. bro. You're cool. Yeah. Uh, so. Fist bump. Anyway. <laughs> oh. So, I want to bring it back to our lightning round. So, all of us are millennials. We're the dirty millennials you read about on the internet. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Yeah. In uh, Time Magazine, calling us the laziest generation. I don't know. Like, That's even hilarious. the word millennial makes me, like, hate anyone who uses the word millennial. I don't yeah. like it either. I don't yeah, like I don't, it. I don't like it either, but we're going to roll with it. Yep. So, if you were designing Millennial Simulator 2016... What would you put in the game? Connor. Well, 2016, huh? Um, I think something, a, a, a core part of mo any millennial simulator, but especially 2016, 2015, maybe the last four or five years, is part of it is going to have to be you have to take whatever skills you were given or that you've earned, uh, and you have to manage sending out multiple job applications to various <laughs> places of employment in your area or even beyond, um, and you have to find a way to mount, manage sending all those out and getting so many denials and figure out what exactly you need to say or do to get any kind of entry-level work anywhere, uh, despite the fact that they keep saying you need at least three to five years of experience, even though you just graduated, but the name of their job title is entry-level, you know, for beginners, come on in, but then they decline you because you don't have the exact specific set of experience you... They, they want, which you can only get if you've been working for three or five years. While also maintaining, you know, a calm exterior when people ask why you're working at a McDonald's exactly. with your degree. You can't panic. Or yeah. a GameStop. You, uh, you have to manage your emotions, and you can't spend, you like, have to try and keep yourself from panicking, but maybe buying that six-pack kind of helps bring your panic levels down, but if you do that too much, you bring up your sort of sadness levels, <laughs> and then just try to try to find a way to actually get a job and make money. You doing okay there, buddy? <laughs> I'm just talking. Oh, he's doing fine. I'm just, I'm, just, yeah. I'm just saying it like it is. I, I'm, I'm different. I, I have actually a, pr a pretty nice job, very nice job, and I make a decent amount of money, but I can count on one hand the amount of friends I had in college who actually went out and got like a serious career job it's it's really hard for a lot of millennials mm -hmm. i could go on for a while about this but to keep this within the, within the context <laughs> of simulator i think having those those depression levels and those happiness levels and the money levels all correlate with setting up those job applications and really finding a way to manage what exactly these employers want from you <laughs> in order for them to give you a job aside from working at mcdonald's or waitering so you're talking about the simulator equivalent of the hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy text adventure game i suppose so yeah i haven't played it so i don't yeah. know <laughs> yeah 
Jessica, what about you? What All would you right. put in Millennial Simulator? Well, I went a very different route. <laughs> cool. Connor went the like real world route that scares me. I was just thinking any Millennial Simulator should have the more stereotypical um, minigame type thing that comes up. Uh, where you have to select just the right movie for your Netflix and chill. Oh. Mm. oh. Yeah, if you, if you pick something, you know, too good, you're going to want to watch the movie, but too bad and... You kill the mood. You kill the mood, yeah. What happens if you pick Old Boy? Ooh. You kill the mood. <laughs> you kill the mood, but you keep watching. You start, like, off, you start like, off watching, and at the end you kill Your the date mood. stays there... But you're never gonna get. But then that. both of you get DNA tests. <laughs> yeah. For all yeah. you couples out there, go watch Old Boy right now. <laughs> it's, it's a it's a very touching film. On very, a literally. on a similar but utterly different subject, uh, I think any millennial simulator would not be complete if you didn't have to explain to your mom how to use Netflix. Mm. Mm. Or Facebook or Instagram. Yeah. Technology. Yeah. Just be running the gamut of uh, this is your status, this is a direct message, mom, please, for the love of all that is good, this is a direct message. Um, <laughs> I've been lucky in that my parents actually like picked up their own Instagram, and I don't even have an Instagram, but I, I have helped enough adults use technology that I know that that would be the most difficult part. Uh, especially if like the text that comes from them makes no sense as to what what's going on, mm -hmm. where they're like, you know, well, I I plugged it into the router. What, what do you what mean? It? What do you mean the uh, What do you mean the router? You're you're asking me that, about the microwave. That, that doesn't make a difference. <laughs> <laughs> like it would suddenly turn into keep talking and nobody explodes. Like. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Precisely. I like that. But what about the one? With, do the blinking lights matter? It, it keeps blinking. It, it should it, blink. It goes. Mom. It's, it's fine. It's yeah. fine. It's fine. But mom. it goes blink. No, no. And it, then it goes blink, blink. Uh huh. And then it goes blink. And then <laughs> blink, blink, blink. Okay, good, mom. We're all gonna die. Um, <laughs> unless it goes blink, 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 and then red touches yellow, and you're a dead fellow. It's Morse code <laughs> telling you to stop talking, just listen to me, and do what I tell you. Take off the tinfoil hat. Even the machine. <laughs> Is telling you to listen. Look, to Mom, I just got you a book. It's fine. <laughs> All right, Jeff. What about you? Uh, I'm kind of torn. I I had I had three. I'm just gonna throw them all out there. Uh, one I wanted to see. Uh, you have to work in retail, which you already mentioned. Because slightly, yeah, the, but the job market is there is no market. But specifically, you just end up in a retail job because no one will accept. Okay, you just, you just jump to the next step from my from my. Game. Exactly. Yeah. No, that that was a part of it. I want to see a. I want to see a music festival element where you have to go to Coachella or Lollapalooza or what's the one around here? Carnival. Bumper shoot. Bumper shoot. Yeah, bumper shoot, and you have to. Or you Sasquatch. Have, or Sasquatch. You, you have to find the one guy who will give you straight MDMA as opposed to MDMA laced with something. Right. You have to get uh, pictures with your friends. Yeah. Yeah. See how many pictures you with your friends which you can get. Another you, one of mine, which is duck face photo minigame. Oh yeah. God. Not lose uh, your keys. Yeah, not lose your keys. Uh, you have to see how much beer you can get for free. Uh, Make sure your employer doesn't find out all the stuff you did. Exactly. Or you see you, it on Facebook. You have all of these elements. And then I think the, the cherry on the cake, so to speak, would be a Starbucks simulator. <laughs> you get to walk in and just customize the hell out of your beverage, and then you get to walk around with it for the next... <laughs> They 45 check, minutes check, or so. So you have to show it off. You have to walk in the right... See, at the end, you get a rating of 
how good of a drink choice you made. No. How many people saw it and how cool you were for that? I mean, I'm thinking just purely you cosmetic. go purely cosmetic. You go in, you customize your drink, and then you just walk around with it. So kind of like the the oh. cart customizing thing in Wreck It Ralph and Sugar Rush. Yeah. 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 And exactly. You, you just literally get to walk around this virtual world with your coffee cup. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Walk that around works. Simulator right. 2016. Yeah. I can get into it. Yeah. Well, I've got I've got two. Uh, one, I feel like in a Millennial Simulator 2016, at any point, you should just be able to press X to feel the burn. <laughs> you press oh, man, it. I had that too. I had uh, repost as many Bernie Sanders links as you can in under a minute. Yeah, you, you know, you just press X and your character automatically gravitates to the nearest person and just starts telling them about Bernie Sanders. Uh, but honestly, I think, I feel uh, Millennial Simulator 2016 is actually a totally broken game. Because the way to win is just to put all of your stat points into Tumblr shit posting. <laughs> all right, true. yeah, that's yeah, that's then you win the game. Yeah, super broken, super broken. Yeah, just put all, all all of your skill points into interneting. Yeah, yeah. did yeah. it really Dank take memes. us that long to curse in the podcast? No, you cursed no. in the first five minutes. Oh, no, good. we we cursed before. Check. We, we checked the box a long yeah, no, time you, ago. Yeah, you, you said shit like in oh, the first two minutes wow. of the show. Yeah, <laughs> I already forgot. Yeah. Uh, and with that, I believe that's volcano baked meat. I think that's baked meat right there. That is baked meat. This right meat there. is baked, super baked, so super baked. baked. So until next we time, we live in Washington. <laughs> Thank you, Jeff. <laughs> so until next time, I'm Grant. I'm Connor. I'm Jessica. I'm not baked. <laughs> and I'm Jeff. <laughs> and this has been volcano baked meat. Right. So we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter, and check out our official blog at volcanobakemeat.wordpress.com. If you like the Volcano Bake Meat podcast, let us know by rating us on iTunes and Stitcher.com. It helps us out a lot, and we appreciate it. Thanks.